Grace, mercy, and peace are yours from God our Father and from our risen Savior and Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. That Easter morning, very early Sunday morning, those women were going there to that tomb because they wanted to finish the job that was started but not done completely. You know, Jesus wasn't even anointed properly before he was laid to rest. They were in such a hurry to get him in the tomb and buried before the Passover. So those women left early in the morning, knowing what they were going to find. It wasn't going to be a surprise to them. They had seen what was going on. They had seen that there were guards guarding the tomb and that they were guarding a tomb covered with a giant rock rolled in the entrance so that they couldn't get in. They were even worried in another gospel about who was going to be able to move it. They were prepared to find what would be obviously Jesus' lifeless body lying inside of this tomb. We don't hear much exactly about what they thought. We hear more about what the disciples kind of thought. But these women were in the same predicament. Everything that they had learned and followed in the last three years was really in question now. You know, everything Jesus told them, he made promises and claims about himself. You know, promises and claims about sin, death, the devil, eternal life, forgiveness, freedom. But who knows now? Maybe Jesus still knew what he was talking about and something could happen, but all they knew now was that Jesus was dead and lying in a tomb. You know, life is too hard. It's, it's too hard to not have something to look forward to. You and I know that feeling even on a small scale. I mean, think about coming home from a long day of work. You just want to go home, put your feet up, have some family time, enjoy some supper, maybe watch TV, and not have to worry about anything, not have to worry about stress or fear or all the other things that can hurt you outside in this world. But what about the end of life? Not toward the end of life where we're old and gray, but the end where it stops. Talking about death. You know, what is it that made Jesus' followers? These women, and even when we hear about the disciples who were found in a locked room from fear, what, what makes them unsure now that Jesus is gone? Now that Jesus is dead and no longer with them? You know, for many people, their thoughts are kind of the same that Jesus' followers thought. Their thoughts are filled with questions and uncertainty about what happens in death. Will death finally be the end of our troubles, or will death be just the beginning? Because after all, you hear people say that you can rest when you're dead. And perhaps if die means we just cease to be and nothing happened, that would be true. Fortunately, death should bring the greatest fear for everyone. When you die, you're going to meet your Creator. You're going to meet God Almighty 
And God is a just God. When you meet him, you're going to hand him your resume of life. And he's going to look at it and see a lot of scribbles on it. Scribbles of how we treated our neighbors out of anger instead of love. Scribbles of vengeful thoughts or lustful thoughts. Scribbles of things that we never should have said. Scribbles of how we doubted him sometimes. Scribbles of how we resented him sometimes. And every little scribble, even the smallest, is worthy of sending us to hell. These are the things that brought us death in the first place, that caused us to even die. Not just temporal death, but eternal death. So if you think you have trouble now and problems now, if you think that things could be better now, well then you certainly don't want to see the end without Jesus. Because Jesus made all of these promises, but the problem is, is that a dead Jesus is a useless Jesus. All of his promises banked on the fact that he would be there for you. But a dead Jesus is useless. The good news is that a dead Jesus does not exist. Those women, in a matter of minutes that Sunday morning, their lives changed forever. You know, one minute they knew that Jesus was dead, the next they were being told by an angel that he was alive, showing them the tomb was empty, showing that this rock had been knocked over. It was undeniable that Jesus was not there and that he had risen from the dead. Think of all these promises that Jesus made that seemed impossible, now all of a sudden are more than possible, that are sure. Just think of all the promises that can flood your mind about Jesus. You know, when he went to see Martha, when he raised Lazarus from the dead, he told her that he was the resurrection and the life, and that whoever believed in him would not die. And whoever believes and lives in him shall never die, he said. Think about when Jesus talked in John 10 about himself. He said, I would... I'm going to give up my life voluntarily and I'll take it up again. He, he told his disciples, never would I leave you, never would I forsake you. He told his disciples too that because he lives, they also will live. He told people, you will have trouble in this world, but take heart, I have overcome the world. In a matter of minutes, those promises were verified for those women. They went from loss to complete gain. They went from fear to joy. They went from uncertainty to being sure of everything. That wasn't the end of anything Jesus talked about. Jesus' resurrection that morning was the beginning of everything. It, this was real. This was it. Hence the angel's greeting, do not fear they had no reason to fear standing before some holy being as sinners anymore. They had nothing to fear because as Jesus rose from the dead, so would all of his promises for you be true as well, including your life. Jesus is alive. Eternal life because of forgiveness of sins was there for those women, and it's there for you too. That angel's message is for all of us. It's for the entire world. Do not 
fear. All of our troubles, all of our stresses, and all the things that might be frightful for us in this life, those things are all here because of sin. Adam and Eve didn't have have those problems in the Garden of Eden. They're there because of the sin that we as human beings choose to do every single day. But Jesus' resurrection is victory over those sins and over our troubles. Victory over sin means that death is not the end. It means that death is not the final sentence. For those who believe in Jesus as the resurrection and the life, which we see in Easter morning very clearly, death is nothing but a portal to that place where you rest eternally with Him. You know, what if you were to take everything that you know that's fearful, that that causes you strain? But what if you woke up tomorrow and all of those things were gone? What if tomorrow we had a vaccine for coronavirus and you could just go get it down at Walgreens? What if tomorrow every disease that caused us pain every single day to an unbearable degree, what if they just disappeared? What if you woke up tomorrow and all of your, your uh, debts were gone? Never would you accrue another debt again. What if you woke up tomorrow and you, you had a job that you thought you might lose, but you found out that you're guaranteed that job and so you don't want to have it anymore? To have all of those problems gone would be to remove the weight of the world off your shoulders. You wouldn't have to worry about anything. I can't guarantee any of those, th- those things myself, but in Christ, you have a guarantee that even amidst all of those things, amidst anything that comes at you up until the point of death even, you can be truly happy knowing the outcome. That's your reality in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. This is why Christians find Easter so exciting. This is not just another day on the church calendar. It's not like we're just celebrating Pentecost 12. This is Easter. This is the height, the pinnacle of what you and I look forward to on that church calendar for the year. Easter is a proclamation of victory. If you're grieved with trials and stress, tell your heart exactly what we sang in our hymn Awake my heart with gladness. Listen to Paul in our second lesson for this morning. He says, set your sights on things above where Christ is. There you shall be also. Because this this world, you're going to surpass it. This world will pass away. You'll pass away from it, but you're going to surpass it and live out of this world with Jesus Christ. You're going to live not as the world does, because you are not of this world in Jesus Christ and his resurrection. Instead, you're going to go to a place where there are no worries and no fears. I don't know how troubled you are or what those troubles are in your life, but you have every reason to be glad. And in Christ, that resurrection gladness cannot be taken away All of Satan and his minions and every enemy you could think of cannot possibly hide that joy in your heart found in Jesus Christ. Because there is hope in the resurrection. There is certainty. When Jesus suffered on the cross for our sins, he said it's finished, and this resurrection is nothing but God's declaration that that statement was true and correct. 
and ultimate. Jesus is risen. He is risen indeed. He's not here, the angels said. This one day has changed our lives now and eternally. With this resurrection, we have been given a new life through baptism. And you too have all of the promises of Jesus Christ in that new life without doubt. You have nothing to fear. Had you not been raised, sure. Paul even says in 1 Corinthians 15, your faith then would be useless. It would be futile. But he has risen. He's not dead. Now your financial debt may still be here. Sickness may still exist. And no one can guarantee work for someone. But you have every reason to be full of joy. You have every reason to rejoice in every situation. Because your greatest trouble, the fear of sin, death, and hell, are gone. That is the resurrection, victory, of Jesus Christ. That empty tomb means that at the end of all of this, we find real rest. Do not fear, but rejoice, because Jesus lives. Amen.